Hey everybody, it's Mike Vale. Welcome to episode number 13 of the Apocalypse. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. just felt like the, uh, the right thing to do. First off, everyone gets a Marvel project. Then we talk about general Marvel stuff for a little while. Uh, touch briefly on quantum entanglement pants. Then uh, heading into our main topic, we talk about artificial intelligence. Uh, Elon Musk's opinion on that. Uh, getting a self-aware computer. We go into bionics and how things are going to combine with humanity in the future. Uh, nanomachines, uh, whether or not this will even be visible uh, technology. We talk about uh, humanity and the perspective that having an extended life can cause. Potential loops in history, such as the ones on Battlestar Galactica and several little sci-fi shows. We talk about reaching godhood, and if that is perhaps what we were even meant to do by creating computers that can think like us. Uh, we talk about futurists, how they tend to be wrong about things. Uh, we talk about potential discrimination, people wearing Google Glass and even having technology built into themselves. Uh, we also uh, touch on the tech review, which is about some 3D holograms and interactivity with the, the outside world, which is really neat. Uh, Rick does a good job of explaining that uh, in his tech review. The movie review is Blade Runner. Corey touches on that. Uh, Rick helps as he's a huge Blade Runner fan. Um, that's pretty much where we wrap it up, but uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. It was a lot of fun to record. Uh, kind of hitting our stride again after coming back, so uh, enjoy! Sun is set for one last time. Everything we know is gone, and the universe is dying. It's dying. Welcome to another episode of the Apocalypse, Yay, guys. Yay, we're back. Oh, man. How long did that take? No. I don't think... Yeah. Oh, uh, two weeks, exactly the same amount of time. That, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's our it's usual. How long has it been since all four of us were sitting there? It has been a while. Yeah, it's been about two weeks. Everyone... <laughs> no, it's been since before I moved in here, so it's been over a month. Yeah. Everyone is still alive. Uh, we're thankful yeah. for that. Thank, I, thanks. Yes. By Thanks, whatever Skynet. you can constitute as being alive. <laughs> well, we're dead inside, but that's been established for a very long time. Yeah. Robot farts. Hmm. Which no, not takes yet. us to the vast yes. majority of today's podcast. Today's <laughs> podcast is going to be very, <laughs> very, very single-minded. Do um, we want to go over news? Did, you know, I think is we, there really any news? Yeah, well, I mean, Marvel finally announced all the movies we already knew leak that were coming out. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, I, they're they're I, gonna do one for everybody. Like yeah. you, you have one. What yours comes yeah. out in twenty twenty three, right? Yeah, it yeah. does. This is That's my right. my Marvel movie. Uh, hope you catch it. And uh, which Marvel movie is that? What? Uh, yeah, it's it's, I, it's gonna get slapped with an NC seventeen rating. It's just called my Marvel movie. Oh, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wasn't sure if you had your up and coming Marvel project. Yeah, know, it's, it actually finally cast you. It's it's it, it's it, it's Justin does Asgard. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Debbie does Dallas, but with more beards. Yeah. All right. And of course, the theme song to yours is, Rick, ah! <laughs> as long Destroyer as Freddie Mercury himself is reincarnated, or they at least do the whole badass Tupac hologram thing, yeah. like Freddie Mercury. You Paul, team up with Paul Green Freddy. Hulk and Red Hulk uh, for a Christmas special, because they're both Green and Red Hulk. Yeah. Speaking of Freddie Mercury, Santa, Santa. who... <laughs> It would actually be a better Doctor Strange, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. But I've seen the ghost of Freddie Mercury again, Justin. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> we'll have to cover this later. I, I, I'm curious now. <laughs> We're going to... Well, not too long ago, I'd seen the reincarnated ghost of... Well, the, the ghost of Freddie Mercury had, in fact, decided to condense itself into a physical form and ride a tandem bicycle by itself... <laughs> Through the parking lot of my apartment complex. It's kind of like a Ghostbusters kind of thing. But I've seen him again. I thought it was just... Was he like riding the tandem bike again by himself? No. He was standing in the middle of his open garage holding a leaf blower and not doing a damn thing. Just standing there holding a leaf blower, <laughs> staring out of the garage, waiting. Waiting for a fat bottom girl to come up and ride yeah, his bicycle with him. He was just looking for someone to love. Yes, but back to Marvel movies... No, no. Are you sure Standing in the middle of his garage with a leaf blower, not doing anything? Staring awkwardly into the distance, yes. I like to ride my bicycle. I like to blow my leaves. 
I like to stand in my garage cause I'm a fucking creep. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so the Marvel movies that have been announced here, let's go ahead and cover that. What all movies well, have been thrown onto this list? Guardians of the Galaxy, of the Galaxy 2, 2, Thor 2, 3, 3 Wars, Captain America 3, Wars. uh The Inhumans, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, uh Please tell me Wesley. Doctor Strange two Avenger two Avenger movies. Uh, no, they already cast Black Panther. No, damn it. Who is going to play? Not uh, Wesley Snipes. I, I no, do not remember the. I do not remember the name. He, he like if I if you saw him you'd recognize Lawrence him. Fishburne. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks good for the role. So just just to avoid being racist, uh, Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's Black Panther. It's obviously going to be Jet Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the Lees. <laughs> and Lee. Spike Lee. Angly. Angly. Oh, God. Don't make no. me make another Hulk joke. No, please don't. <laughs> please do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, are they doing Ant Man 2? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was so, already, that's already been announced. But has Ant, is Ant Man 2 still going to feature Simon Pegg? Or have they. Ant Man 2 Electric Boogaloo? Uh, amazing. <laughs> See, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Who the hell is that? Uh, someone whose yeah, parents he's... thought it would be a good idea to name him Chadwick. Boseman. That almost has to be a bet that they lost yeah. to name a child Chadwick. See, okay, for, for me, when I thought Black Panther, who are they going to cast for that? Wesley Snipes. I'm telling you. No. No. It's too old. I, I think this has to be kind of a Darth Vader thing where someone is playing him in person at the same time as someone else is doing the voice. <laughs> I think Terry Crews is the only person. No, Terry Crews has got to be Power Man. He is the perfect build and <laughs> humor for Luke Cage. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him playing Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah. And there's no reason he couldn't play both as long as you have Samuel L. Jack L. Jackson do the voiceover <laughs> for Black Panther. He, he played James Brown in that Get On Up movie that recently came out. What, Samuel L. Jackson? No. Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> I'm confused. He's in The Fringe. I was really confused because I, I thought Samuel L. Jackson. He's in. Oh, he, he hell yeah. yeah but he's no, in Fringe for an episode. So we've also seen the trailer for Age of Ultron now. Yes. I. Now, did you guys see the bit they played on... Uh, yeah, they, they just aired it like yeah. today. It was uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's them like hanging out in the Avengers Tower. It was neat. Really? Yeah, they were all trying to pick up Thor's hammer. Yep. The like, you know. <laughs> so Captain America moves it a little bit and Thor almost like loses his shit. <laughs> so was this featuring characters from S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or no, was it this just is, the Avengers? This is just the Avengers. Avengers. Like even, even he's there. Wow. But he's... It was just like a clip. Yeah, that's okay, cheating. question. Cheadle as Cheadle or Cheadle in a suit? No, no, it was him. <laughs> well, he suit. put on a, one of the gloves, but yeah. it was Cheadle. Okay. I'm going to call you the Denim Patriot. The Denim today. Patriot. <laughs> I'm alright with that. <laughs> That's a pretty pants. damn good nickname. I'm about to considering the pants very fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. No, it's, um... For those of you who can't see, Rick is wearing his which Stars is none of you. pants. <laughs> Well, they may be. Uh, see. We these can. are awfully a lot of pants. I mean, you can see these from Florida. I also own the same pair of pants. Are they the exact same? I don't know. I got them from my They're okay. quantumly the same pants. <laughs> I have to wonder. Oh, yes. They are entangled. They are, they are okay. entangled. It's like Doctor Who. Which is why we can't wear them at the same time. Yes. Because that would is be your, really awkward. QEPs, quantum entanglement <laughs> pants. <laughs> I, I have a serious question then. The spring-loaded crotch eagle... Are those synced up as well? Because <laughs> no, those are not quantumly entangled. Yeah, I have to. Was that? I wonder if they've always been slightly off, or you, if they, or if it was the time that it chipped that urinal. Yeah, you need yeah. <laughs> because that might have. You need to cut that shit out because those pants are walking around my house right now. Fuck the urinal! <laughs> the time it chipped and that everyone, anyone who is there, is very upset. It was only a minor skull fracture. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks my ha house is haunted by like the ghost of some dead president. <laughs> I don't know which president could fit into those pants. Lincoln. Probably Lincoln. Yeah. Now, six super tyrannos. Yeah. Just because you have this pair of pants wandering around your house all the time, pretending to be me, 
I'm going to have to start moonwalking more often. Yeah. <laughs> they're not pretending to be you. They're just contemplating. Well, technically, they're pretending to be me because, my, in fact, my body is not there, much like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Do we have an actual topic? To yes. Talk about? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna get to it. Actually, I wanted to get to it because. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from, from this week, if you heard it, was from Elon Musk. And he said, uh, said the best thing, because it was a really good analogy. He, he was like, it, be careful with artificial intelligence, because doing that is like the story of a guy who summons up the demon. And he's like, oh yeah, I can keep the demon in the circle. I can control the demon. You can never control the demon. The demon always gets out. Chauncey's going to fuck your shit up. Yeah, pretty much. And so, so one of the, so the thing is he has heavily invested in artificial intelligence and everyone's like, that's stupid. Why would you? So get this strategy. If he does not like it because he knows that we'll be bowing to our robot overlords if it gets any further, but the only way to keep an eye on it is to be a large investor and kind of control where it goes. If you're a large investor and all of a sudden you create something that's self-aware. As an investor, you can be like, fucking pull the plug. It's not going to be some like crazy ass guy who, you know, who's just going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to do it. It's like, no, our guy who has 90% invested in our company has just walked in here and ripped out the motherboard. The problem is he's not going to have the chance to do that. It's not going to let him, Dave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so, so uh, this brings us to our topic today. And yeah. I have a lot of questions surrounding this because when he said that, I was like, God, that's true. But do you think, so when we create something that is self-aware, do you think it's going to be on the level that a human is? Or do you think it's going to be more like on the level of a dog is? But we're going to realize that it's self-aware. We're going to be like, oh, fuck, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Put old yeller out. Yeah. I and, would and, like to think that's the case. So, yeah. But if it actually is as smart as a human, would it try and, try and you know, fake, fake it? Yeah, fake us out and be, and be like, oh, I'm only as smart as a dog. And like... I, it, it's gonna have limited yeah, you're experiential right. knowledge. Yeah, so. it, it, yeah, it's gonna learn from different things. Uh, you'll see it learning, and then you see it gain some kind of self awareness, and you'll just be like, uh, "Turn it off," because once it does, it you. But we also would have all the tools in the place to monitor it. See, here's the problem: is we've already started to, to certain degrees, teach different robots out there already to think. At what point are we actually going to recognize that thought pattern as something that is being carried on on its own? When it's self-aware. The, the problem is defining self-awareness. Defining what is intelligent and what is human. What's more? Probably one of the best tests human. is the mirror test. I would say once a robot gains the ability... Not the program... Like a non... A non-programmed. Non-programmed to recognize what itself is but a learning robot that comes to the point of where it looks at itself and its self-learning program recognizes that is, it is a thing in the world, then we're in trouble. Because I know we've already written programs that robots don't run into themselves and know that there's some kind of active entity that is with inside their sandbox. But that's putting, like, putting paint on its face, for lack of a better term, and then showing it a mirror and then allowing it to come to the conclusion that... It, if it wipes I that, am. Yeah. Yeah, that off its face, yeah. the same thing happens in the mirror, therefore realizing I am, realizing I am yeah. this that I'm seeing, which is really kind of a fucked up thought. Yeah, yeah that's scary. Yeah. It? <laughs> it's kind of like this. It's how we play God nowadays. You know, it's, we, it's how we create what happens when we do that and we finally create something that is to that level. So that really does, I mean, that bridges a, a thought that I had whenever I originally kind of thought about this earlier earlier today was the, I guess it's artificial intelligence that really defines whether or not something like Skynet would ever happen. Yeah. Um, technology itself is inert, not self-aware, and if we didn't try to build an entity that is free thinking on its own. I think the, the human race will come to a point where we are able to do that without the threat of it taking over our lives and our society and our planet. But I think that time comes well after 
we have mastered technology to the point where it is almost biological. I, and if you really want to go a step with it, just a speculation, you can speculate that all we are are biologically engineered machines yeah. that, that were created by some mechanism or some, if you want to say that we were created by some thing or group of things. I mean, it come, it'll come to the point awesome. where we're, I mean, we're already doing, or we're mm-hmm. going to be pretty bionic. Yeah. And we're starting to see more and more artificial human parts grown in labs yeah. that are, at some points, really getting close to what we already have, and at some points are trying to exceed what we already have. For people with diseased hearts, that certainly exceeds what they've already got when they're putting an artificial heart in there. And they're starting to get more biological elements to those rather than doing them all out of plastic anymore. Which is great. Well, it's so you won't even have to have that once you have nanomachines. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, you, we will, once there are nanomachines, we will be fully bionic. Like, that's, that's, you know, we will have things in our blood helping us do things. They can basically just rebuild our organs. Yeah. As they, as they fail. I mean. Sign me up for extremists. And if you're talking about, well, <laughs> no. if you're talking about, here's a, here's a question. But I, what happens if those robots become self-aware? That's oh, no. I'll be self-aware with them or along for the ride. <laughs> but by the time that nanomachines become self-aware, they're in your body. They've already got I, I don't think they have the capability to become self-aware just wi- with the way that they are. I don't know. I mean, By themselves, it, no, but how much is connected to the cloud. Exactly. Actually, it directly relates to what we were talking about last yeah. week and the connectivity of yeah. uh, certain devices. Like we discussed the pacemaker that uh, Cheney had de- disconnected from wireless network. And that could be hacked. How many of these biological machines will be wirelessly connected? At what point... Will we realize that it's not safe when we're working on these artificially intelligent machines to keep them off of a network, to keep them from being able to access it? Because if you've seen, say, movies like Transcendence, as much as I dis- dislike Transcendence, Roman, it, has con- it has concepts that you enjoy. Yeah, I, I love the concept of the singularity. When mankind finally gets to the next point in human evolution where we transcend the natural human being. At that point, you get some kind of cool concepts going on. It's the, the concept of man becoming a god in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, or what we would have considered gods previously. Yeah. But the danger is when you start to have that naturally learning machine, much like Skynet, it's connected to the network. All of a sudden, you've got a problem because it just uploaded itself. How are yeah, we going to find it in the cloud? And, I mean, it has to exist somewhere. It, yes, it, it could, has to but exist it could, on but storage. It, but it could exist everywhere. Yeah. At that point, it could copy itself endlessly. Yep. So you destroy any copy of it, it's... Write a program that starts finding the copies of yeah. it. And you it's would start... Will it be able well, to write a better program to stop that uh, one? Uh, yeah, it, it just... It, it becomes a war of attrition at yeah. that point. And the, the hope is that at that point, you would still be able to... And it might be our only choice is to completely reboot everything. You would have to wipe... The hard drive of every computer on the planet. Turn off all electricity. Yeah, you go have to... start from a start from a closed space. Yep. We don't know how it started, but we know it was us that burned the sky. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. That uh, worked out real well. So oh, yes. yes. What, uh, what were you talking about? The merger, Mike. Oh, so uh, essentially that's what we were just discussing. The idea that eventually there will there will be a point. Uh, where instead of, or maybe past the point at which we enter that Skynet-fueled hellscape... We become our own ro- robot overlords. Right. Where, where instead of becoming uh, uh, our overlords, we just become them. What, what, so, that, that kind of defeats the purpose, though, because, I mean, you're destroying what it is to be human. What happens when we reach the singularity? That when you reach the singularity, you no longer become... You're no longer human. Or are you, because at that point, will we have replaced what we see as technology with organics that we simply control just like technology. Would we still look like humans? uh, Think of it more like this. What happens when a caterpillar goes into a cocoon, becomes a butterfly? For lack of a better terminology, it's an evolutionary state that it's just something changing into a new form. It's Mm -hmm. still technically human from its base. As long as that consciousness is there, in my opinion... I don't know. So... That's the that's the thing though is the the big question that I've always had. 
You might be able to copy your consciousness, but are you really keeping the same stream of consciousness? Like, I just don't understand if that is something that is possible. Your consciousness resides essentially in what is your brain. If so, you destroy the organic part of your brain, your consciousness cease. You might have something that is an exact copy of you, but the current life you are living right now will cease to exist. And yet, a good example of that is like coma patients, right? So like if a person's out for let's say 10 years, that person's still gonna have faint memories, relive, remember experiences, but their entire life from 10 years ago is gonna be gone. Except for the fact that you're making a new person. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but you're you're right. The, the, the coma patient may as well be a new person. What yeah. if they I agree. Wake up at a point in time where they're old. So so you're willfully old. killing yourself essentially. Yes, basically. So you so a what is you can live on. I do think we will resist that aspect of it as far as we can. I think we we'll, we will probably live to be five or six hundred years old before we start to face the possibility of brain failure being a a uh, catastrophic thing and yeah. at what point in that is we're discussing the uh, artificial yeah. organs do we simply yeah. replace bit by bit by mm -hmm. bit yeah if we just replace our brains i guess that doesn't really matter and you don't even necessarily need to replace all of it at once yeah just, just, just have the nanomachines in there replacing to, parts of your brain yeah, you begin to have say now, a certain aspect of like uh, a certain portion of your brain breakdown i know in alzheimer's patients i believe there's a frontal lobe that yeah. really starts to disintegrate we develop something to re start to replace that part of the brain. And as we move on, say somebody's medulla oblongata is fucked, grow a new one. Mm -hmm. What's to stop this, that from simply overtaking it slowly? And at what point is there actually a death there? Is it the last existence of an original human cell? That's where we are going to find out if it does in fact exist where the root of human consciousness comes from where the quote-unquote soul of yeah. a human being is um, as we slowly replace pieces if it cannot be physically copied then we will reach a point at which you know we you replace none a of your original parts and that person suddenly just changes there's something fundamental about them that just isn't there anymore there's something uh, there's something like that in Shadowrun funny enough it's called yeah. when you get a when you get an F uh, uh, it's also in Cyberpunk uh, uh, 20 uh, 2020 uh, it's 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 like the basis for because I mean like these aren't new concepts yeah. <laughs> you know we're, we're kind of reiterating on stuff that has been talked about many many times before but in Shadowrun when you replace your parts with even biomechanical parts known as biotech or mechanical parts known as cybertech in the game you lose what it is to be human yeah. once you get below a certain it's called essence in the game once you get below a certain essence you became pretty much a machine and you stop being a playable character at that point in Shadowrun. Uh, in Cyberpunk 2020, it's one of the best because at, at that point, usually like you become a, a rogue thing that needs to be put down and you are put down by the Psycho Patrol, which is like a bunch of guys who are just like writing that fucking line of being coming machines themselves because they have to stop these people who have become these insane machines. So Adam Jensen goes Blade Runner. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very much like that. It is, it is so cool. And it, it's like, that's the horror concept of those games. You know what I mean? It's like you, you've stopped being human. You. And it's a good point as to what makes us genuinely human. What gives us consciousness of Okay, we know that every one of us has a personality that is built heavily off of our experiences and our memories. However, there are also biochemical flaws in every single one of us that will cause each of us to react differently to different things. Mm -hmm. Every neuron is going to transmit slightly differently, and the neurons that make up each individual brain are going to function much differently, much like anybody's digestive tract. Some people are going to be able to handle eating a shitload of hot peppers and not cracking fire for weeks. Some people can't. No, that poor Mike. No. <laughs> but at that point, when we begin to replace those components, yeah. are we replacing them with perfectly flawless, say, neurotransmitters that would have eliminated certain personality traits that we had? Yeah. So everyone would eventually become the same person is what you're saying? Eventually we become the Borg. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, like to think we'll look. I, I would like to think that the nanomachines would be programmed to just keep the like 
the imperfections there. Yeah, we you almost know, have to do that. When, 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 but the problem is, then, then it comes the age-old question: What does it really mean to live forever? And are you still the same person? Like we've never, we've never. I mean, the, the oldest person has like lived to be like what one hundred thirty something. Yeah, something like that. In, in documented history, what happens when we start, you know, going past that? What happens when we we have these things and start breaking that barrier? What happens when we're six hundred years old? They like, oh yeah, I remember when I was three hundred. Or are you really gonna like? Is the brain gonna lead, re- reach some capacity? Are, are we even gonna care? Give, yeah. Are you gonna give a shit so, what happened three hundred years ago? So far as we know, that I mean, the brain can, and this, due to articles that I've read, please people write us because it would be good to hear from you uh, and tell tell me if I'm wrong. But um, from what I've read, the brain itself can function and continue to store information. The reason I picked six hundred years mm-hmm. is. For about that long before you start to have that's its physical major limits. problems, yeah, and that's an interesting idea because they say that if you could continue to exist that long, your perspective would begin to alter. Exactly, you wouldn't even be the same person. You wouldn't. Be, you wouldn't. You'd barely be human. Where does the singularity even matter? Are you are you human anymore? Or you're definitely not who you were. So because you've been around for six hundred years. Yeah. Um, you but would start time, to not, not time would you be. Were, but are you the same person you were when you were five years old? No. no, but time is going to start to slip past you at a rate which is unknown to uh, any. Yeah, into the into the past. Into the because there's nothing in in physics that says that that can't happen. Um, well, there is, but there's yeah. a lot of things uh, in physics that. I don't agree with other things. There's a lot of things right in physics that have been proven wrong and we science is a learning effort. The, the time the time the arrow of time points in for some reason both directions with the math, but only one direction in reality. Didn't didn't we learn just like a couple of years ago we might have gotten gravity completely wrong? Yeah. 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 It's just like <laughs> it shouldn't even be called laws. But recently we got black holes wrong because they're not actually Black per se. Yeah, they're just absence of light. Nor are they really been. They're more like smeary well, things. It, even then, apparently, uh, Stephen Hawking even came out and released a, a work on how black holes, which he was one of the originators yeah. of the concept of black holes, it's completely wrong. Light can't escape them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no yeah. longer the full, complete absence of. Yeah, um, yeah that's it, what I said. It, a complete absence of light. It's no longer the complete absence of light. Though there's a, there's a flaw in the concept oh, overall yeah. that breaks physics. Because you wouldn't be able to see it. Hawking radiation. Yes. So, yeah, yeah I always wondered. It's that. a learning curve. Physics are still in a very, very <laughs> everything is like that. Let's be honest. We didn't know atoms really existed until about a century ago. Yeah, and and even then, we we had a theory about you know the the smallest particle, but then they recently discovered like. And yeah, it might not be the smallest particle. Nope. It it goes on. the The theory now is oh, it probably goes on for infinity. Yeah. <laughs> we, it probably just keeps going. It just keeps. There are things that make up things that make up things that is so ridiculous. So we should just focus on the ones that we can actually create. Yeah. Uh, now, at what point do certain people won't adhere to adapting technology into their bodies? Luddites. Not precisely. But there are going to be certain people who only want a degree of it, uh, who want to keep as much of their organic presence behind as they can. So this takes us into cloning more than just an organ at a time. Having a jump clone, if you will. Yeah. I don't know if you've played EVE Online uh, at yeah. all, but uh, jump clones. So You're talking like dust? Just... No, we don't talk about dust because they refused <laughs> to release it to, for the PC, so you know what? That was the worst decision ever made. It, yeah, and as I understand, there was some sort of weird technical and licensing limitation, whatever. Brilliant. So, still, you get killed in one part of the galaxy as your character, and your consciousness can jump over to another complete, exact copy of yourself elsewhere in the galaxy. So if you're killed, it doesn't really matter because that other you wakes up exactly like the last you. So it becomes Cylons. Yeah, essentially, I was going to say, it would be remiss not to mention Battlestar Galactica at this point. No, it's, um, it's sci-fi. Like I said, this has all been trended before. So say we all. I really do like uh, like Trump that is. idea because it that, that really does combine the idea of humanity being able to access something like that, which by the way, the Emperor from Star Wars also had a very similar yeah. thing. Let the hate flow through you. 
he kept clones, um, which is why he was able to come back in the books. I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, humans being able to do that. And then the thing I liked about Battlestar Galactica, the, the more recent series, uh, not so much the writing. So say we all. But the the ideas behind it were so compelling. Like the analog ship. Yeah, I thought that was fucking cool. So neat. The um the whole idea that they took the evolution so far, like three or four steps down the line, to show you that that repeatable thing. So you had humans who created machines who then became self-aware and made themselves look exactly like humans who then forgot they were machines and built more machines <laughs> who then became self-aware and I made clone. themselves look like humans. So fucking crazy. It's a clone. That's a clone of me. I wonder if we will find loops like that in the future yeah. of things that happen like that. Uh, I, I'm really curious about that as well. This, this actually brings us to a good point. Another uh, individual who was in Battlestar Galactica, the most recent series, mm -hmm. Edward James Olmos. Oh, yes. So say we all. Uh, this actually feeds into our movie review for the week as well. Um, odd that he should happen to take part in both. Uh, <laughs> as Edward James Olmos played Gaff in Blade Runner. He say you Blade Runner. Uh, so we'll touch on that a little bit later. I remember um, uh, you brought him up in the uh, the language podcast. Yes, yes at some, I don't know if I mentioned this on that podcast or uh, on One Sense, but at some point during that movie, uh, in Hungarian, he says, "Holy big horse dick! You are the Blade Runner." <laughs> so somewhere in Hungary, <laughs> people are laughing their ass off watching Blade Runner. Lofa, nehojma. Uh, I, I wouldn't watch that movie like eight times after that uh, podcast, so. You're going to have to show me exactly what scene that is. Yeah. I, I, must, I must know now. So say we all. Um, and I, I, if, just to throw that out there, on the BBC they did a documentary called The True History of Science Fiction uh, <laughs> in which he tells that story. And uh, I, I had to literally had to pause my TV and fall on the floor laughing because he says it so matter-of-factly <laughs> in the interview and then he kind of grins <laughs> and you're like it's edward james almost that's just his face and he's a very nice man um they have several friends who have had a chance to meet him and i waved e at him e once -A. really you call him eja he yeah. lets you get by with that yeah. <laughs> We're homies. You okay. guys are on like an acronym named basis? Yep. <laughs> Acronamed. Uh, so I want to pose, like as we kind of wrap up the topic, the question to you guys. Do you think we'll ever reach that point? Or do you think someone will hit the panic button in the middle of it and we'll all be reduced, reduced down to zero? So I think if someone does hit the panic button, someone else is going to save it. We're humans. We're one of those people that even if it's an idea that's a terrible idea, someone's going to find a way to keep a copy of it. And then it's going to happen again. Uh, I think if that's where we want to take things and that's where the majority of people's mindsets start to go to, that's what's going to happen because that's how we think. We like to pretend that we're not a hive mind and that we're all in an individual conscience, but most of everything we do is for the betterment of our own humanity or humanity as a whole. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever until you are dead. So, if that's how we decide to see things, I think that's what's going to happen. Do you think... Good answer. Yeah. Do you think if people saw us from 100 years ago, if they even consider us humans? By, by the By the way... Marvel. Uh, 100, 100 years ago, I think so. Uh, more like uh, 500... Years ago? Probably not. Like, our semblance of life looks nothing... What they, I mean, we're still, I mean, there's still that root human stuff, but it's just so weird. What, what will happen to the point when we stop doing those things? Like, think if we actually did, like, we're always like trying to go eliminate disease and sickness. What would happen if we actually did eliminate disease and sickness? Do, do, do you, overpopulation do you think, generation. do you think we'd lose what it was to be human? What if we had some kind of population control? But then that's, that all goes into like government or some kind of, yeah, that goes into regulations. Yeah. But then, like, I think by the time we reach the point where we have no sickness, we'll reach the point that the Earth has become too populated. 
Silent Green is people! We've got people who are looking to be pioneers to Mars yep. very shortly and planning to simply not come back. Well, yeah, no, we've got we've got to stop keeping all of our eggs in one basket. Um, it's something that people have been saying for years, uh, and it's still just as true. In fact, it becomes more and more necessary the longer that we are here. Um, uh, now, I do, I do hold true to the fact that we're here because we're here, and we're alive because we are. Um, and I know that seems really, really easy. It's pretty deep there. But, like. but, but it's it's the same. It's the same theory that that basically addresses why the Earth is where it is. Is there some law that says that uh, planets have to orbit at this? But no, there isn't. Uh, the only reason we're here to ask that question is because the planet happens to be here. Which, which brings brings up my question also is because technology, which was initially created by humans, do you think it is innately flawed? Since yes. humans are flawed, I think it is innately human. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. So the Cylon thing that you said kind of made something click, and I'm like, yeah. I think. I think the. Technology's overall goal would be that to eventually become human because yeah. it's the only thing that means anything to the thing that created it. It's just like we seem to be reaching to godhood. Yeah, it's what we want, and it's what anything we created would want was since, to become the, the creator. Since the dawn of time, everyone wanted to be God. Hell, it's why we want to create artificial intelligence. I really do think, though, that it would be best left to a more advanced version. Of our culture to create life I think we should focus on the consciousness and ourselves within us because we haven't yet learned to appreciate ourselves we there's no way in hell we're going to appreciate a creation of life it's just like people who aren't ready to be parents should not be parents because you will not now, just read, sometimes you get thrown into it and some people do a great job and other people put their babies in fucking dumpsters yeah no dumpster babies, okay? Let's yeah, not have any AI dumpster station. babies because it'll grow up to resent us and murder us all. So let's drop us off at a fire station. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's seriously a law. <laughs> really? It's called a safe haven law. You can drop a baby off at a fire station in a hospital and it jerseys you from any legal action. Never, ever, ever work at Actually, a fire station. Actually, first originated in Texas. Yep. It's called the Baby Moses Law. Check it out. It's kind of shitty. It is not great. Alright. Um, so one of my cousins was fuck. from that exact same law. That is really, really nuts. Um, it is pretty insane. So, yeah. essentially, every time a futurist comes out and says, oh, this is what the future's gonna look like, or this aesthetic is what is what everybody's gonna be going for in 20 years, they're always fucking wrong. Yeah, of course. Um, now, I would love for the alterations to the human body and the uh, and all the cool stuff that you that you get in cyberpunk games and Shadowrun and all I would love for it to look like the artistic renderings of things like that but the likelihood that it will the fact in fact I, I the reason I wrote that was the likelihood that we will even use highly visible technology on ourselves, I think is unlikely if for no other reason than the other thing we haven't touched on yet, which is the, like, people are being discriminated against for being oh, yeah. altered. The one, well, one of the biggest things, like, it, even just Google Glass in itself, like, that yeah. article came out of, like, this girl is going through Google Glass withdrawal, mm -hmm. like, and I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, it's well, just, I'm like, wow, you just want to find that sensationalism right there. Yeah. Well, there is something to be said for internet addiction. And the fact that's that already exists. Always, an always-on internet connection. That's going to feed that. We already even. have that. We do. People are already addicted to their phones. We're going to see more and more of that. Yeah. Because it is an addictive thing. But having it always in your sight, a lot of people aren't going to be able to function without it. But this is why the terminology glass holes has already come about. Yeah. Of people who wear Google Glass are being discriminated against in public because there are a few reasons I can see people having an issue with it. There's, there's a camera strapped to your face yep. all the time. You never know when they're recording. You never know when they're taking pictures. Whatever. This could be being uploaded at any point in time. Uh, we've got terabyters out there. These are people who upload video, photo, information 
all the time with either GPS or cameras strapped to them. They go to major events, uh, concerts, thing like th things like this, and record, sell their content online. And just as stock footage even, they're making money just by uploading this. So I can see why turning around and having six people standing behind you with cameras in your face that they didn't even have to raise can be disconcerting to some people. It's a culture shock thing. Eventually, people are going to get over it a little bit. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of discrimination against people who are obviously wearing technology on a regular basis. We're starting to see more and more wearables come about as well. And you, you do have to... I mean, as much as I'm, I'm all for wearable technology, because I think it's awesome, I do think you have to bear a little bit of responsibility for if you're going into a place where people are going to be sensitive about recording devices, mm -hmm. take them off. Put your glasses up. You have your you phone know. still. Yeah, you still have your phone. You still, you know, you're not completely disconnected from the world. Um, it, it, it think. I'm not saying that it's your fault. I think that there will Those eventually be a jerks, line, but, like, yeah. like seriously, if you walk into a a bar where a band is playing, people will be like, if we see you Google Glass, you're getting thrown out. Mm -hmm. I, I think there will be a line. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. And I, I mean, I mean they I, although I'm really surprised that. I mean, well, I guess they can't really. It's a it's a hard line to cross to tell people, like you can tell people you can't you can't record with your phone, but you you can't have your phone. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You but you when need Google to, Glass you becomes your phone, maybe that'll be yeah. a bit different. I mean, it will. You you need to just put it somewhere, somewhere where it's, it's obvious that you're not using it to do the offensive thing you could. But at what point does it come into replacing body parts, say? And that's, that's where we're going to... People need to get used to it first. And I, if we automatically jump to recording eyes, Techno there would be a lot of people getting their eyes ripped out of their fucking skull. Okay. Te technology is going so fast that's going to happen. We're not, we, we are already seeing it where people are already uncomfortable with everything that's going on, and it's technology is only growing faster. Yeah. It's growing at an exponential rate. No, they already have six terabyte hard drives. <laughs> I hate to say it, guys. We're going to have to start killing the old people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally a joke. Not, totally. not Except not. I said we were saying if you were really cool with yeah, it. Yeah, no. You're going to feel uh, shitty about that remark in 300 years, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat me. Eat them alive. Soylent Green is made out of people. Soylent Green is made of me. The, the problem <laughs> is what... It, so do you think there's going to be some kind too. of? Do you think there's going to be some kind of remorse of once we find out how to become immortal? I mean, I, I know immortality will come like, uh, you know, gradually, but it's oh. just. Yeah, I don't know. It could come immediately. What about well, the people if we, who if, die the day after immortality oh is released? Immortality is released, but too bad you died yesterday. It's like a video game has yeah. been released. You now immortal. Did you pre-order? Did you pre-order immortality? Because if you did, you could be brought back. I'm just saying, invest in freezing yourself. Tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming. Always winterize your pipes. Google has already started investing in life extension programs for their employees. And I believe a part of that is actually cryogenic freezing. There's something to be said for the fact that we're going to start working on repairing cells that are already there. And Remember when I, Google's I, I motto was, don't be evil? Well, yeah, but no, yeah. they're evil. <laughs> I'm okay with that. If they're not <laughs> Apple, <laughs> Apple's just a technology aggregator and reseller. Mm -hmm. And it's evil. Google is a mastermind. Yeah. Google is an innovator and creepy guy. All right. No, none of the technology companies are really upstanding citizens. Nope. Well, the future is so fucking bleak, guys. Wonderful <laughs> the future is awesomely bleak. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm pumped. You're sunshine. Not when, not when you not become human anymore. You'll you you won't you won't care about how you feel right now. You'll be like. He'll be like, hey, Rick, you remember when you were pumped about becoming a robot? And you'll be like, yeah, beep, I do. I know. <laughs> you'll be okay, like, beep, access the files today and be like, yeah, I was fucking pumped back then. Yeah, I don't I give a shit everything. now. My Turns teeth, out it wasn't so great. My teeth have AI now. <laughs> yeah, fucker! They never shut up. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go ahead and do the tech segment. Well... Save the best for last. This actually kind of right. dives into everything we've been talking about today. <clears throat> this week, 
Google's corporate arm, Qualcomm, Legendary Entertainment, yeah, the motherfuckers behind Christopher Nolan's Batman series, Superman Returns, the 300 that didn't suck, and the one that did, The Hangover, Watchmen, Pacific Rim, Inception, yeah. Paul Allen, uh, with Vulcan Incorporated, the co-founder of Microsoft, not the axe spotter from American Psycho. <laughs> uh, multinational private equity firm KKR, as well as a smattering of venture capital firms, have invested $542 million in a little-known eccentric startup company called Magic Leap. Magic Leap's pants-shittingly eccentric <laughs> president's CEO and founder, uh, Rory Abibitz, who also founded Mako Surgical Group, a developer of high-end medical robotics, describes Magic Leap as a new way for humans to interact with computers. They are currently in development of their first product, a wearable visual interface similar in form to Google Glass. However, Magic Leap distinguishes itself by putting its emphasis on augmented reality much more in tune with human physiology and function. So Richard Taylor, the founder of Weta Workshops, also serves on Magic Leap's board of directors and has a Magic Leap team embedded within Weta's headquarters in New Zealand. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the name Weta, you're very likely familiar with their work. These are the brass ball badasses who are responsible for the sets, armor, weapons, and beasties from Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. They've also come got some little titles under their belt like Mad Max, Fury Road, Avatar, District 9, Chronicles of Narnia, 30 Days. I'm going into another list. Oh, and Hercules and Xena. Yay! Credentials. So there's that. But they win. These are some major powerhouse players here who've been behind the development of some of the most badass visual effects in our generation. And they're going balls deep on this project that believes, quote, the future of computing should be derived from respecting human biology, physiology, creativity, and community. So with the development of their dynamic digitized light field signal, they aim to make a biometric visual interface to integrate more naturally with how humans function. And if you check out Magic Leap's website, which is just magicleap.com, we'll include a link later, um, they have a few little demos up of some of their concepts and they're 3D projections in real space. So the first image up is a little girl holding an elephant in her hands, a 3D hologram, for lack of a better term, of an elephant. Full motion, very high resolution, that takes off and flies and just can go wherever. And it's a projection into your normal field of view that seems like a physical object that's in the room. So at which point does this begin to break away from augmented reality as we know it now? We've all seen the little cell phone apps that can put up a 3D image yeah. to the point where you're not entirely sure if that table's really there or not. You've got to set your glass on it and it falls through, hits the floor. Breaking our concept of reality a little bit. And they're doing a great job with what they've released so far. They've been very secretive with what's going on, but they have a lot of very big name backers who are investing a lot of money in this. We've already seen Google, and mind you, this is their corporate arm, not one of their tiny little investment buds going off and sponsoring this. So we can expect to see this technology brought into, say, the next couple of generations of Google Glass. Again, wearables that are getting further and further into invading our concept of reality, but also in paying heed to the way that humans function so that we don't perceive it differently than how we already see things. Interesting. That is very cool. Speaking of humans, physiology and biology. Yeah. We have a movie review. Something that is, is or isn't human. Or is it? Or is more. it? Or is it not? More than human. Hey. Yes. And, and, and uh, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I think I it's one of our, it. I think it's all of our one yeah, of our favorite yeah, movies. It's yeah. certainly it's in my top ten. <laughs> really high up on the list. And I hadn't seen it up until really recently either. Really? Yeah, no, it's it's a relatively new one on my list. That sucks, man. It, it was surprising to me. Uh, me too, now that I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sometimes there are a ton of movies in there you can't see them all. Yep. Yeah, there are some movies out there, but if you want to take the time, the movie that we're talking about, just so you know, is uh, Blade Runner, if you didn't already catch it. 
It's come up a lot on this podcast recently. Yeah. And last one. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's a damn good movie. If you couldn't tell by the fact that it's on all of our top ten lists. Yeah. It, it's actually an amazing movie. Um, though the making of it, Harrison Ford would say otherwise. He hated working on that movie. Because yeah. it was back when Ridley Scott was a little bit crazier. A little bit. I, I, I preferred Ridley when he was a little bit crazier. Um, he's toned it down a bit recently. Yeah. Well, he's also like 70 years old, so... Steven Tyler still does a bunch of cocaine. He's plenty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was clean. Anyways. Yeah, but no, so it's Blade Runner. It, I don't even know if I have to go into detail about the plot summary. You've seen it already, but it's cyberpunk film noir. If you haven't seen it, seriously sit down and watch it. It is one of those movies that I'm, I'm going to be honest, you're probably going to hate it unless you're really into movies the first time you watch it. it. It's kind of a little slow. It's not like your action-paced sci-fi movies you see now or anything like that. It's not even Fifth Element. Like, it's not super fast. It's a slow place, really deep inside of your head movie, because it was kind of loosely based on Robot's Dream of Blade Machine. Um, it, by Philip K. Dick. By Philip K. Dick, and it was, yeah. It was, very sadly, he was actually in on the production. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner and sadly died before it was finished. Yep. Uh, and in Ridley's eyes, it'll never be finished because he keeps going back and doing new cuts of it. Yep. But still, before it ever reached the screen, sadly, the author who it, this story had originated from, Philip K. Dick, who is an amazing author, if you haven't had a chance to check out his work, one of the grandfathers of cyberpunk. Sci-fi in general. Yeah. yeah. Just science. You, you've seen his movies. You've seen movies based on his work. Like, there are so many. Yeah, there's a reason spaceships and stuff like that kind of has that own kind of same kind of feel to it on each sci-fi movie. Yeah, Philip K. Dick probably had a hand in crafting that for a lot of people who do a lot of the CG work for movies nowadays. So, um, yeah. On to the concept of Blade Runner for those of us at home who haven't heard. I'm just uh, saying, if you haven't watched it, just watch it. Don't even read up on it. Pause it right now. Pause, Pause this, right this podcast. Now. Yes. Go, sit go watch and it. watch this movie. Before Are you done? Alerts. Are you done so, with it? Are you done? Okay. Welcome you, back. Are you done? Yeah. Welcome Good. back to the podcast, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Are you back and have you not actually gone away and watched Blade Runner? Fuck you. Pause it again. Pause it again. Don't even finish this fucking episode. You're not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> actually, pause it and watch it again even if you did watch it the first time. Yeah, yeah go ahead. So you'll, you'll appreciate it a lot. We'll more wait. Watch the, watch, the the time the world. watch the theatrical yeah. cut first. Yeah. Then watch the director's cut. Because you actually get... You'll oh. get it more. Actually, I just say I just tell people watch the director's cut because it has more of the information there. Well, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you to go watch it again right now by saying that Ocean's Eleven Four should be called Ocean's Eleven Four Seven Seas, where Danny Ocean and his crew steal a time machine in hopes of taking the ship of Captain Jason Seas before it sinks. Because people being named after bodies of water is funny. Go watch Blade Runner, or I'll read more tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me it's like a casino ship that they're taking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Seven. So, Blair is a detective by the name Harrison Ford. Is it, and I'm not even going to refer to him as his character name because Harrison Ford plays Harrison Ford in every movie. So, alcoholic detective is going through, he's going through a case. One of his officers dies. He's trying to figure out who it is. Gets called in by this guy uh, who has, who's like, test this person. And slowly starts to realize that replicants, which are robotically made humans, that are, have these serious questions and memories that are implanted to them, um, through, I forget the name of the main corporation, I just Tyrell. Tyrell? Yeah. I have eight Tyrell shirts, Corey. When do you see me that I don't have a Tyrell right now? For those of you at home, you can see how hard I'm flipping, flipping Corey off right now. <laughs> it's just because you're wearing a Don Cheadle shirt. Yeah. I mean, really, American flag pants and a Don Cheadle t-shirt, no one can argue with me on anything. And in fact, I'm surprised that Corey can. With this much wind going on, really, Corey? Yeah. Don Cheadle turned you into a fucking tree. <laughs> so please, enlighten us on the Tyrell Corporation. Well, you seem to know more about it. I just brought the movie for review. I, as far as a moviegoer talking about it. I'm not into the entire whole plot. I like it as a movie. It's a very good detective movie, very good investigation movie. It has a lot of good plot point, plot point, oh, I can't talk today. It has a lot of good plot points and it can really, um, it pulls at your heartstrings and makes you really question the deeper it goes and the more Harrison Ford gets involved in the situation, even before the end, though the end in my opinion is what kind of ruins the movie. 
Don't really care for the last few moments. It but depends I like on which else. cut you saw. Yeah, I've seen both. Still shaky on a couple. Just oh, I haven't seen. Anyway, um, yeah. so the basis of the movie actually ties in very well with what we've been discussing tonight, mm -hmm. and that is what is it to be human? What is it to be considered alive? The, for lack of a better terminology, villains of the movie are replicants. Uh, Rick Deckard, Harrison Ford's character, is a replicant hunter, a Blade Runner. Replicants are factory-made androids that are indistinguishable from humans, save for with extensive testing, and it's all reactionary testing. You simply cannot tell that someone is a replicant, much like if you were to be dealing with a silent, until you test them extensively. And because of the fact that they are superior to humans in a lot of ways, particularly physically, they are banned on world. They're allowed off world on different colonies, different planets, but here on Earth, they're banned. They have to be hunted down and exterminated. Exterminate. Terminated. You're terminated, fucker. By these blade runners. Yeah. So, the, the whole basis of this movie is that these replicants have come back to Earth and they're looking for a way to extend their lives. A replicant's life is limited as a way of controlling it from getting out of hand and keeping it separated from humanity to that point. They can only live for four years. This isn't giving away too much of the movie. Don't worry for you at home. Yeah. This happens very early. You should have already watched it. Yeah. Yes. If you haven't already watched Twice. it. Twice. But this really comes down to the concept of what is it to be human? At what point do we really consider ourselves to be human? If we were to start replacing components of ourselves, at what point do we lose our humanity? And at what point does something that we've made start to breach upon humanity itself? It's a good movie. Yeah. You should have Corey, watched it by now. What was your, what's your rating on the movie? It's, 10 out of 10 I, every yeah, time? Yeah, I can't even... 20 out of 10? I don't even have a rating for that movie. It's just... it's. It's a special movie. It came in a time where, like, the only sci-fi that came around that time that was really big was, like, Alien and Star Wars. And then Blade Runner. And it's completely Which, different enough, than... Alien, also done by Ridley Scott. Yep. Two years earlier? Uh, Alien was 79, Blade yeah, Runner Yeah, 79, Blade Runner was, like, 83. He literally finished Alien and immediately jumped on working on Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pop out. In fact, the uh, there were a lot of the same set crew. Yep. Involved, which is why the sets in Blade Runner are absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Um, it's 82, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally. Barely had a moment to turn around. Yeah. If you, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't watched the movie, um, and you, you don't plan to, you don't like sci-fi, you don't like robots, you don't like any Why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, A, well, yeah, just turn this fucking thing off and don't ever... Well, the last one was also about robots. Yeah, it's gonna be, that's gonna happen a lot. Um, if you haven't, though, and, and you just want to get a feel for what we're talking about in regard to this... Um, uh, Rutger Howard gives a, a, a fantastic speech uh, that was not, in fact, in the script the way it's written. And it, I've heard on this podcast. Yeah. It is a go, but you can go back and listen to episode 10 of this podcast. It is, in fact, um, weaved in in a very funny way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I digress. You should go and look it up on YouTube, um, or I may even plug it in at the, at the end of this one, too, just as, as a complete thing. Um, it's one of the most famous speeches in sci-fi history. I knew the speech before I'd ever seen the movie. Mm -hmm. It is um, probably one of the greatest moments in sci-fi cinematic history. That There's so much emotion behind that speech. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really kind of makes the film for me. That, that It's for such a, a minimal character in the end, if you look at the whole thing. That was such a huge moment. Yeah, uh, it really was. It was you hadn't had a, much of an opportunity to experience that side of that character yeah. throughout the entire movie. You hadn't gotten a chance to see that of him because throughout the movie he's painted as such a violent individual in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a, it's a it's a wonderful scene. And although they had a script that they were going to have him read. Uh, rather than go directly off the script, Rutger Hauer improved a lot of that particular scene. And I, I'm sure that uh, those of you at home, if you have actually listened to us and watched the movie, will know exactly what scene we're referring to. 
Uh, but it's a phenomenal moment. Should, we should actually leave on that note. We, we should. So, enjoy. Watch Blade Runner if you haven't already used that. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. It's Mike Vale again. Just uh, touching base with you at the end of the podcast to say enjoy watching the world burn. Nothing else. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Ten Houser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time.